Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they're thrown from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Seductive. Bestial. Oregano. The definition of where source can take you if source could traverse the universe. Sleek, fresh, sexy, and we're not talking about you, source. Learn more about our stainless ingredients and order the best piece of your wardrobe exclusively at sauwiththeumlotc.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my oh-so-lovely cast and crew. We have Ryan McManus. Hi, Ryan McManus. I'll be playing Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo-at-heart musician struggling to find his way in L.A. Anna Brisbane. Hi, I'm playing Blueberry Sky, the environmentalist actress trying to save the world through art. Nigel Deacon. Hey, I'm Nigel Deacon, and I play Xander Gucci Supreme, the camera guy to the stars, and an alien researcher with an affinity for fashion and looking fly at all times. And Vince Perino. Hey, I'm Vince Perino, and I play the big burly heartthrob Jet the Boulder Chambers, whose love resides with his mom and puppy Princess Pebbles. All right, guys, let's get right into it and talk a little bit about what happened last time. So, Blueberry, you were the only one awake as you got to see your friends being taken from Aid for All. You were all picked up by these different men, including a large, walking, talking lizard. Blueberry noticed Kingsley was being taken to the west while you were all taken further north into a longhouse where you were placed in a prison cell. A large, bald man with an eye patch locked the cell and Blueberry began waking you all up. Sebastian had an absolutely brilliant moment of musical inspiration, which he just had to get out right then. And you all found yourself stuck in a prison cell. Sebastian called over the nearby guard, who he found out was named Scud, who warned you that he knew you were doing blood magic. 
and you were with them blood druids of the Crimson Grove, and that you would not be leaving that cell alive. Sebastian had enough of that and tried to convince Scud to be his friend with some blood magic of his own. (laughs) Scud, however, saw through the ruse and immediately started freaking out. Blueberry reacted quickly with a calming pollen, using her own charm person spell to get Scud to relax and be kind towards her. You all gaslit the shit out of Scud before (laughs) Alabaster walked in. (laughs) Alabaster walked in and paid the three farmers that you had seen earlier. As this happened, Sebastian successfully grabbed for the pouch on Scud's belt before Alabaster's headed towards the cell. Alabaster himself made sure you were all comfortable and answered some of your questions. He brought a decent amount of spinach and some new pants for Xander, who unfortunately got a little saucy. Xander called Skadoosh a douche, and he started freaking out before Alabaster sent him away. Sebastian finally got a chance to open the pouch, where he found a total of eight gold. You had to wait a while before being set free, and you all left the building, but not before Jet got another look at the box Alabaster had used to determine Kingsley was the target. Outside, you decided to debate your options and return to Aid for All to see if Joyce had any information regarding where they would have taken Kingsley. She helped you out by answering your questions about the Magistrate, where you learned they do not take kindly to those who use strong magic, as they believe only the gods should wield this strong magic. You also discovered if they took Kingsley towards the west, they most likely took him to the ducks, meaning he could be very, very far away by now. Perhaps most notably, you found out that you were no longer on Earth. You were in a realm known as Fendrea. She also told you about Yasora, speaker of the Druids of the Crimson Grove. She was captured by the Magistrate and escaped. And now, the Magistrate and the Grove have a peace treaty of sorts. She would have the most information on where they took Kingsley and perhaps how to get him out of wherever they are holding him. You headed off to the grove to go speak with Yasora and pass by the remnants of the set on the way, before soon after coming to a clearing where there was a line of signs with the same beware and bleeding maple tree. As you crossed this threshold, Scud yelled towards you, saying he knew you were with those blood druids and he would turn you in himself. You had a rather quick encounter where Scud focused mainly on hurting the one who did blood magic on him, Sebastian. Scud's acquaintances, a dragonborn and dwarf, were not as invested as Scud were, and ran. (laughs) Basically, after a few shots from Xander's camera, the dragonborn abandoned ship with the dwarf following closely after. As Sebastian took a few hits, Scud saw his chances of winning dwindling quickly, but after one last slash at Sebastian, he decided to flee. Xander got one more stab in before Jet stopped Scud in his tracks with a great hammer hit to the chest. You tied him up with rope and vines before taking his keyring, his leather, and his short sword and heading on your way. You followed a while down the path before the trees changed to leafless maples with leaves scattered around the ground and you found a tent structure. You took residence for the night and Xander decided to stand watch. He went outside and looked up at the night sky to see a massive moon with two smaller moons revolving around it. He took a picture of this beautiful sight, and again was greeted by the word 
Nomura. Now, Xander, you are out in this moonlight. There's wind whipping around you, and you start to get a bit chilly. You have another three or so hours before Blueberry is going to take over watch. So, the question is, what will you do next? Okay. So, looking at this kind of beautiful, kind of terrifying sight for Xander, he's at the moment taking it in, he's looking up at the sky, and he's going to have, like, an introspective moment. Yo, uh, Moons, this is... This is a little weird. I'm I'm I feel odd talking to you, but it feels like something out there is is contacting me a little bit. And I know that I kind of have this history of being being one with the aliens or whatever. I don't know, something this feels this feels weird. I'm not on Earth. I don't know what's going on with my camera. That dude kind of like blew up a little bit and and I was just trying to take his picture. Cause like shit was scary, lizard man. Whew, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. I don't know. I just. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. But looking at these moons and 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 feeling more awake than I probably should be. I'm feeling calmer. I guess it's chilly, but I'm calm. If if there's something out there, I hope that you make it a little bit more clear. I, I just I was trying to learn. I'm scared of you, but I'm, I'm trying to learn. Xander, as you are kind of maybe awaiting a response, the wind just keeps whipping. Xander will probably sit there for, like a, for another moment longer, but it kind of clicks in his brain that maybe he should let someone else know what's going on because this moon is kind of crazy. So I'll walk back over to the... It was a teepee, right? Yeah, it's like a tent sort of TP type thing. All right, so I'll head over there and I'm going to nudge Blueberry because even though she's up next, like I feel like she's probably the most awake based off of previous experiences. Yo. Mm, yes. Yo, Blue, you got to check out this moon. This is some kind of brazy out there. Some kind of what? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, crazy. It's, it's crazy. I was trying to mix in the the B with the blueberry for the razy, you know. And just come take a look at the moon. Why? Okay. Why? I love it. Okay, I'll shake out of my meditation and follow. Uh, yeah, you guys head back outside, and blueberry, you're seeing the same thing Xander did. What? How did this happen? Isn't this nuts? Like, how does anyone sleep with this giant ass moon just shining through the sky? It's bigger than the sun. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. I mean, I'll I'll be honest, I did not look at the sun earlier. Maybe the sun's just as big. I feel like everyone would be dead if the sun was that big. Well, who knows? Maybe it's a cold sun. I don't know. Like maybe maybe they maybe they're like Superman, they get like more power from the sun. You know what I'm saying? Uh Okay, no, it's fine. Uh these moons, it's kinda crazy. Yo, check out check out this picture I got. I know what you're going to say because everyone's been saying the same thing, but it def says Nemora. I think I'm saying that right. Panamera is Nemora. Panera? No, it's, it's Nemora. It's P-N-E-M-O-R-A. It's in the clouds. You see that? No, dude. These are clouds. All right. Now, I'm hoping you're not thinking I'm a liar and I'm not thinking you're a liar. 
But I need you to believe me that when I look at this picture and when I look at the last few pictures, it says Namora. It's the same word. I I believe that you believe it says Namora. I just um think you're mistaken is all. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Yo, let me let me try something super quick. If you mind, if if you can give me the consent to do so, can I take your photo with the moons? I mean, yeah, of course. I'm going to try and take a, a beautiful picture of... Uh, she does a very dramatic uh, glancing downward over her shoulder sort of pose. I got an 18. Ooh, Ooh. big money. Oh, gorgeous. Beautiful. That backlight on Blueberry is giving that beautiful silhouette. Oh my god, can you send this to me? I got you, girl. I got you. I love it. Wow. They could, like, use this for the movie. Like, promotional poster or something. That's that's brilliant. We can film it up right. I'll get the rest of the footage. I'll, I'll snap a couple extra shots. This is perfect. We got this. Xander, as you look at this picture, there are more clouds in the background. And you see it. There she is. That's, there's that name, Namora again. <sighs> but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on it. Um, do you think we should... We should wake up the other homies, let them see the, see the moons. I mean, uh, go ahead, but I'm going to get back to meditating. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So I'll go back in and uh, I'll hold the tent flap open for Blueberry and then wake up the other two. Yo, uh, yo, yo, Jet, Sebastian, come on. <laughs> what? What? Yo, check it out. Sebastian, you what, up? What, man? Come on, wake up. Hey, come on, guys! You gotta, you gotta come outside. You gotta check out this moon. It's, it's some kind of, it's some kind of drazy and and crazy. You know, it's it's crazy out there. Xander, what time is it? I don't have any semblance of time right now. I got, I it's, I maybe I've been up for hours. Maybe it's been ten minutes. I don't know. All right. But we gotta. All right, you gotta what, see what's this. What's so important? What what do we gotta look at? Check it out. Come on. Oh my god! Right? What is this? It's the moon. Moons? I don't know. They like orbiting. It's uh, unprecedented, honestly. It's beautiful. That's that's what I'm saying. Sebastian, you ever seen anything like this? I know you're into like Star Wars, right? I this kind of reminds me of Star Wars, I guess, but it's like nothing I've ever seen before, at least in real life. So I'm I'm gonna tell you guys too. When I look at these pictures, I know I asked you before. But this picture says Namora in it, and uh, I I know you guys can't see it, but I you know I just took like a promo photo for uh, for Blueberry. We're gonna use it for the marketing for the for the movie. We gotta we gotta get that director on our side for that. But you know, Jet, we should probably do the same for you. You know, like get 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 that pose going, get that hammer ready, the shield up. Let me take a quick photo. You gotta I gotta check it's, one more thing. It's so late at night, or early. We don't know. Time is weird. We have to do this right now. Yes. Yeah, come on. I'm not going to have the moons forever. All right. Let me grab my shield and hammer. Jet, you exhaustedly grab your shield and hammer. Xander, you can take another sweet pick. That one's a two. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> really? Really? Why does it have to be me? <laughs> Xander, you set up this absolutely gorgeous picture <laughs> you snap this absolutely beautiful picture as good if not better than blueberries and as jet comes over 
you accidentally delete it when you're trying to switch oh, to it. No. <laughs> and you know how beautiful it was, but now it's gone and no one else saw it. <laughs> you're such an I- asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yo, Jet, I, it, I'll, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I'd show you, but it's just going to ruin the surprise for when we get the promos out. So uh, don't don't you worry about thing. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to see it, man. Uh, you know, you you woke me up in the middle of the night. I was a little I was a little pissed off. I'm not going to lie, but knowing we got a nice little picture out of it, uh, you know, it's kind of worth it now. That's what I'm saying. You got it, buddy. I got you. I got you. <laughs> might be the only thing I'm looking forward to right now out of all this. Oh, yeah. It's it's you know what? I got your back, bro. I'm always I'm just looking <laughs> oh, out. Good I can't looks. Wait. Can, can you give me like a big print of it? Oh, of course. I got you. I got I'm you. I'm talking like I want to I want to fill my wall with this thing. Just wait till the director sees this. Like that's just Instacast for the sequel, you know? Like imagine oh, how good that'll sequel? be. You you think it's going to give me the sequel? I I think so. Oh. According to how good Xander just said that picture was like You're going to be excited, buddy. <laughs> I I think I got to go for a run at very late. <laughs> oh, Jet's up now. You got him excited. Now he's he's ready. If Jet doesn't go back to sleep, he will have one level of exhaustion tomorrow. (laughs) 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 Included with Sebastian. Oh, Jesus. Sebastian, I need a running buddy. Come on. Come on. Join me. Oh, God. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, take a lap uh, real quick. Let's let's just do one small lap. Small okay. lap. Around what? Like this. the teepee? I'll run around the teepee. Sure. But All like... right. Let's go. Let's go around the teepee like 40, 50 times. Oh, God. Can I just like jump on your back and like take a nap on there and you just run? You know, that extra weight. Get them legs Ooh. going. Quads and stuff. Muscles. Ooh. Jump on. Uh, I'm going to turn my back to him and just start patting my back. Jump on. Jump on. Let's go. All right. But just, just, can you just, like, lay me down in bed when you're done? Oh, no. I go first, and then I go on your back. Uh... That sounds great, guys. You guys have a blast. We're going to go off on our run. All right, you you run around the TP, like, twice, and then, Jet, you're just hit by this wave of, all right, my body's fine, but my mind is exhausted. After they've run around, can I do, like, a perception check or, like, an investigation check to see if there's anything I can see with the wind or here with the wind or anything like that yeah give me a perception check as they are finishing up their run man i cannot sleep on your back you are so bouncy just put me back in bed please it's all right buddy now uh, let me let me jump on your back Uh, i just collapse and then i'm gonna like army crawl my way to the cot i'm gonna see him starting to army crawl and i'll just pick him up and lightly put him in his hammock for him we'll do it tomorrow buddy so you guys are getting back to bed. Blueberry is quietly meditating. And Xander, what was your perception check? I got a 15. You know you're going to get your sleep soon. So you're spending some time just kind of outside because you want to be watching these moons, waiting for a sign of some sort. And you're seeing the clouds move very quickly. And you're hearing the wind whipping through the trees. But that's all the life you hear. You don't hear any animals other than some late-night crickets. But doesn't seem to be any real movement around here other than the wind. Seems like everything's pretty safe. Well, now I I don't know what to do besides just, like, wait out the rest of my watch. Because I don't hear anything else, so... A few hours go by. Blueberry, you feel extremely (sighs) well-rested. That's so nice. <sighs> uh, just, I want to give you a heads up. 
things sound dumb quiet out there like it's it's windy but there is nothing out there like i didn't hear any birds it sounded like mad quiet so i don't know just just keep an eye out for nothing okay (laughs) (laughs) and now i'll go to sleep (laughs) blueberry is there anything you would like to do I would like to search for the little mouse or squeaking thing that I heard before we came in. Okay. Give me either investigation or survival. Okay, survival. 17. With a 17, you are quietly, you know, tiptoeing. You're trying not to wake the other's. You heard it in here, and you haven't heard it for quite some time. You start looking for clues. Yes. You find the small area that has been kind of broken behind this desk that was in here. And it looks like there is a small hole in the bottom of the desk. (gasps) I want to look inside. Here. Come here, little mousey. As you are coaxing your little squeaks, you see a small rodent's eyes peek around this little corner. God, hi! Immediately, as you see it, you are stunned by the color. It is this arctic blue and white striped rodent It's, like, very long. It almost looks like a ferret. Oh, my God. Hi, little guy. Wow, you're so pretty. You want want to come here? I'll dig in uh, my bag for, like, a little crumb of bread. Give me animal handling with advantage. Yes. Oh, my God. Natural 20. First roll. Oh, my God. (laughs) Plus five. Damn. You know, it still takes a little bit of coaxing. Like, this thing's not just going to immediately trust you, but you have that little piece of bread. It's moving slowly. It's groggy. It was just asleep. But it snakes out a little bit. It's essentially a long ferret. And it comes out and it at least pops its torso out and starts eating the little crumbs out of your hand. Yeah, there you go. Just wanna wanna take my index finger of my other hand and just scritch behind the ears. As you do it, does the traditional like cat thing where it pushes its chin towards <gasps> you to try to yeah. get like the right spot. <laughs> With that nat 20, it starts climbing into your hand that you had outstretched a little bit. Yeah, there we go. <sighs> I'll take another little piece of bread to give it while I walk towards the flap of the tent just to like look out of the tent with this little thing curled up with me. Yeah, it is. It has curled up in your hand. It's a little big, so it kind of like is going down your forearm a little bit because it's it's literally like the size of a ferret. Oh my God. But it is kind of curled up in like the crook of your arm, almost like a mom holding a baby. And it seems to kind of lay down with you. And you can see its eyes close. Good boy or girl or rodent, I don't know. And and then I'll just uh, take my watch, watching outside for anything. 
I feel like you'd probably start doing the the baby rock uh, oh. holding this little thing, maybe give him a little scritch here or there. And again, your watch passes. It takes a few hours. The sun starts rising. It is very early. It is just about dawn. From behind you in the teepee, you hear screaming. Sebastian, it's happening. I, I protect the little thing and turn to see what's going on. It jolts a little bit, like it got scared from like a firework, but it, it just kind of curls into you more and kind of hides its head. What's going on? No! And Sebastian is eyes closed, screaming. Sebastian! Sebastian! No! Nudge him with my foot. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! I'm up. Stop, no! Yo, yo what, what is going on? What is, what's happening? Sebastian! Shake him awake! He's scaring my friend! I'm gonna go try to pick him up. You pick him up. He is writhing in your arms, continually screaming. Sebastian! Yo, slap him. Xander, give me your canteen water. <laughs> uh, I think it's still water. Here you go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one. He's gonna wake up buzzed. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta splash some of the water on his face. Sebastian is continually screaming and writhing a little bit in your arms. It's not enough to, like, hurt you, but he is moving back and forth. And Sebastian, you're dreaming. Oh? You're walking slowly through a bountiful forest path. Trees swaying in the breeze, following the sound of a distant piano that seems to be calling to you. The song is beautiful. You feel drawn to this song. You feel like you need to find whoever is playing this melody. You crest a nearby hill and see a small town in the distance. Where? Seems to be just like a quaint little trading town. There's a moment of silence. It's just about to be morning. But the moment of silence is broken by a chord that you can feel deep inside your core. Your attention is immediately brought to the silhouette of a castle in the distance. What? It sits atop a nearby ridge that seems to shadow the small village in the early morning sun. The same sun that is slowly peeking over the top of this immense clock tower that stands in the center of this vast and resplendent manor. Two other watchtowers are on each side of this central clock. The manor itself looks decrepit, but also it seems like the most magnificent building you have ever seen. Another chord plays that rattles your mind, and your eyes are drawn to the source. You can see a rune take over the face of the majestic clock. Your vision around you starts to fade into black as this rune progressively glows a bright, ivory white. The rune itself looks as if you took a crescent moon and flipped it on its back with a diamond sitting in between the two points and a sharp, angled horizon crosses through the gem. It begins to glow so intensely, it's as if you were staring into the sun itself. 
It feels like this symbol is being burned into your eyes as you lose all sense of your surroundings, and you can't break your sight on this room. You feel your feet have purpose on the ground here. You see, feel, and hear nothing but a dark void in this marking. Where? What? And then you hear four notes that are not coming from the manor. The first four notes of Welcome to the Black Parade coming from your alarm set on your phone. And you awaken. Uh, uh, Jed? You're, wait, are you, you're real, right? I'm going to start, like, patting him and making sure, like, I'm not in this void wherever I just was. Jed, what happened? But, buddy, buddy, uh, it's okay, it's okay. We're, we're right here with you. I got you. I got you. You're all right. You, you started freaking out in your oh sleep, God. Uh, What's going on? I mean, I mean, it might have been, like, one of my little night terrors I used to get, but uh, that was a really long time ago. I didn't think, you know, they were still happening now. I used to get them a lot when I was little and oh god. It's, it's all right, man. We've been we've been going through a lot right now. We nobody knows what's happening. It's probably just stress. I I, I think it could be. It's it's really the only thing that makes sense. I mean, were you dreaming of the same thing? They're always different, but this time it was a cute little trading town, I think. Uh, I don't know, everyone was real nice and, and quiet there, but then I looked up and there was just like this haunting manner. And I remember this big snow white symbol. And then this really pretty music, and then I was in darkness, and and I, I didn't hear anything until my alarm went off, and uh, luckily it did. My alarm was the only thing that could really wake me when I had them when I was little, so... I always make sure it's it's on just in case. The same song or just any alarm? I mean, I haven't really tried any other songs. I always liked that song when I was little in, in middle school, and that's usually when they started, you know, stress of, like, school and, like, trying to make new friends and stuff. I always liked that song, and it brought me a little sense of, of happiness, you know? So I always had it as my alarm, and for whatever reason, it, it always woke me up, so I never really changed it. Do you, uh... Do you remember what the rune looked like? Can you draw it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do anyone have like a paper or pen or anything? Here, I can just use the dirt. I'll go and try to draw it from the best of my ability, from whatever I can, I can actually remember. It is burned into your brain. You remember it distinctly. How's my little buddy doing? Yeah, I was going to say, while he's drawing that, Xander and Jet, you're kind of like looking around and you see that Blueberry has a friend oh shit is that a pokemon what what you got there where'd you find that what is what is that is that a is that real do you reel that did, did you this, make that uh, it's real what are you yeah i i found him he was i think he was the one squeaking before we came in and then on my watch i went to look for him and i found him and now we're friends oh that's tight oh oh my god he's so cute wait he she it can I tell? <laughs> Not only can you tell, you can decide. Hey. Oh. It's a boy. Oh, he's so cute. What What did you name him? His name is Frederick. 
Oh, there we go. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was so excited. I thought that was going to take way longer to do the same. <laughs> now, how do you spell Frederick? F R E D E R I C K. I'm sorry I spooked you, little buddy, and I want to slowly try to reach in for a little chin scratch. Sebastian, slow, slow, gentle. I got it. I got this. Sebastian, I'm just curious. Give me animal handling. Oh, no. 13? This animal, Frederick, has spooked a little bit by you, so he's not quite getting right in there. He, he takes a little bit to uh, get accustomed to you, but he is much more comfortable. I really want him to like me. <laughs> Jets turn about him. You didn't scare him earlier, so you would just be able to like do this <laughs> passively. Yes. Like, okay. Same with Xander, if you are interested. Nah, he don't fuck with rats. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Which is a complete turnaround from the end of the last episode where I was like, oh, shit, a little critter, but uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you didn't know what kind of critter last time. Now you know what True. kind of critter, so maybe yeah, that's why. Yeah. As you guys are all sitting around, you hear a loud horn in the distance that seems to echo. Uh, someone else heard that, right? Uh-oh. What was that? was that? Did that sound like a good horn or like a let's go to war horn? This doesn't sound like war horn. Okay. Doesn't sound aggressive. That sounds like a we should get out of here horn. Or is it a we need help horn? I don't like the sounds of it. Which direction is it coming from? Is it coming from deeper in the forest or like back towards Wooden Holly? Give me perception with disadvantage because it's echoing. It's hard to actually really figure it out. <sighs> yeah, mine's a nine. It's really hard to pinpoint exactly where it's coming from because it's echoing. Does the ferret look in the oh, general yeah. direction that the horn is coming from? It, its ears might pick up on it. Blueberry, <laughs> I've made up this creature so it doesn't have a stat block. There's Weasel. He would definitely have keen senses, which would allow an advantage on perception checks. Why don't you just roll with advantage <laughs> with a plus two or whatever the weasel has? If it's weasel, it's plus three. Dirty 20. You can see that this thing perks up and looks towards the south. Oh, is that, is that where it is, little guy? Oh, Frederick's pointing the way. So I guess that means it's deeper in, so... That means it came from the druids, right? I guess. If we're going that way, we got to we got to use caution. That's the way we were told to go, so I, I feel know. like I know. This worries me. Maybe they're in trouble or maybe it's just like a sunrise horn or something, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, when you're at camp and the sun rises and they're like, "Everyone, wake up, uh, go jump in the lake or whatever." When did you go to camp last? I mean, it's been a while. Blueberry actually didn't go to camp. She just played a girl who went to camp. I was, I was thinking, <laughs> as you guys leave the tent, <laughs> you see the sun rising to the east. I double checked. It shows through the leafless trees. Guys, uh, one thing I wanted to, to talk about after we got some sleep. I remember Joyce said that the the druids were keeping the grove alive with magic. We just see dead trees. Or I guess, I don't know if these are dead, but 
They sure look dead. Do they look dead to me or just like they've the leaves have fallen? Give me nature. Ah, uh, eight. This is pretty obvious to tell that they are dead. Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe that was a help horn from the druids for, uh, I guess maybe not for us, but for anybody. Well, we're going to have to find out, aren't we? I guess so. But obviously, let's keep it low-key, try not to announce ourselves. Jet, take your armor off. What? You're so clinky. <laughs> Why do I hate that adjective so much? What is clinky? <laughs> I've never heard that word before. I hate it. Well, he's clinky and chain linky, you know? He's just... I, oh, just... <laughs> that's great. Am I getting okay. roasted right now? Or... <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I can't tell anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, now we have to continue Xander's thing. So he's jinky, clinky, and Shane linky. Oh, my God. Stop. I am or, or Xander is? I'm so confused. Yeah, you are, bro. You're the one, you're the one wearing the armor. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I f- it feels like armor is like a, a normal thing here. If anything, I'm sticking out as I should, you know, and I pop the collar. <gasps> Let's use Jed as bait. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was thinking more protection, bro. Like, look at him. He's got that hammer. That's a better idea. I was thinking, you know, we can be all sneaky in the trees and we can just have Jet walk alone in the path. And then if anyone comes to mess with him, we jump out and get him. Smasher, are you really going to jump out at somebody? I think I think Xander has the better plan here. Here we go. All right. We're, we're good to go. Let's walk. Wait, let's, wait, let's get wait, this bread. Wait, wait, wait one second, guys. I go back into the teepee and to the desk. And I sit down with Frederick, and I don't know how to like uh, communicate with him, but I just want to give him Wait, the option. He's not going to come with going us. Going back, I just want to give him the option, and if he does, if he seems like he wants to stay on me, then I'll take him with me. Oh my god, I'm going to cry. It's like that scene in Airbud. It's happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Blueberry, you put Frederick down. And I'm assuming you're, like, leaving a hand out in case. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do a roll. Sebastian is, like, peeking through the teepee, just tears streaming down his face. But, like, cute tears. Jet's head is poking above Sebastian's. (laughs) Are we all, like, toteming through the doorway to watch this happen? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're doing this Scooby-Doo totem. I wipe Jet's tear off my forehead because it dripped on me. (laughs) (laughs) So I did a roll on a d20. I just arbitrarily decided there was a 10% chance that Frederick would want to stay. So basically, if I rolled a one or a two on a d20, he was going to go back into the desk. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way you're talking. And I rolled a three. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. I did not like the way you were talking. Frederick comes walking slowly back to you, Blueberry, and kind of just puts a paw on your hand. Go! Okay, oh, little buddy. God. Okay. Blueberry, where are you going to like kind of carry Frederick? Around my neck. He's almost like a long scarf because yeah. he can kind of like let his weight down. He's pretty long and he could kind of do that. And every once in a while, you'll feel he like gets up and like gets comfortable a little bit. He's got enough claws where he can kind of like grip uh, your dress a little bit as he moves around. It doesn't hurt you, but you can like kind of feel him scratch scratching and moving around. Um, And he like switches from one shoulder to the other as you're walking. Good boy. 
All right, everybody, let's take five. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love Critical Role and movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons and Dragons with small town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically, I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sussai Star News. I pull up the, the today's like installment of the news to see what the front page <laughs> actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way. Find out more at Dicebreaker.com <clears throat> Thank you all for coming. We are gathered here today to mourn the loss of our beloved cast and crew who sold their souls to Liquid Death Mountain Water. Yo, this casket is mad uncomfortable, dude. Wait. How did I die? Jesus Christ! What the hell? How you died matters not, but how you've come back is my doing. Is that... is that a necromancer? At a funeral? That's kind of a dick move. Bro, major dick move. Quiet! Look, I was promised their souls, so I've brought a trade. Have this case of liquid death mountain water, and I'll be taking them. Liquid death? Is that like a poison or something? No, no. You know, liquid death. Bringing death to plastic? It's a huge thing! Delicious cans of mountain- Forget it! Just take this case and use it to murder your thirst. Or I'll have your dead friends here murder you. Okay. Psst. Yo, that sounds kind of dope. Where can I cop? I summoned some from a spellbook called liquiddeath.com. But uh, I guess you can get it at any Whole Foods, too. Huge, huge thank you to all the badasses over at Liquid Death Mountain Water for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to get on Blueberry's good side and help save the world from plastic pollution and be able to murder your thirst with some amazingly crisp and delicious canned water, head on over to liquiddeath.com or head to your nearest Whole Foods and grab yourself a case. Thank you again, Liquid Death. And if you would like to sponsor an episode of Cast Party, you can hit us up at castpartydnd at gmail.com. Quiet on set. We're rolling in three, two, one. Action! He does this as you continue your journey to find the druids of the Crimson Grove. As you head south, the path begins to make itself more apparent as you start to see more and more of now these 
crimson leaves that are dotting the trees. The area of leafless trees and detritus seems to stop suddenly, as all of the trees here are now full of these beautiful, bright red leaves. They're getting better. Okay, so maybe it's a radius thing. Oh, I get it. Crimson Grove. You also start to see that there is flora along the ground as well. There are berry bushes nearby that have these bright red berries the size of, like, Jet's closed fist. Huge. At what point does a berry become an apple? Apples, I mean, Uh, apples and berries are just different things. Like, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into that. I would like to examine this fruit and see if, if I can compare it to anything I know in... The real world. If there are any hints as to what it is like. Give me nature. Oh, natural one plus one. You are positive that this is just a special type of tomato. <gasps> Guys, tomatoes! I start putting them in my bag. Oh, I hate tomatoes. I wasn't a fan until I had uh, sauce, and that was uh, that just kind of changed my life. That's that jar you're always carrying around, right, Xander? Yeah, I keep some on me. And I bite into one. Blueberry, you take a huge bite thinking you're going to get a nice watery tomato. Tomatoes for breakfast. It is like this really sour berry. Yeah. And it scares you almost because of how sour this thing is. And you're expecting like a watery tomato. Yeah. Does Blueberry like sour things? I mean, normally, but now she thinks it's a rancid tomato. (laughs) Oh, that's also true. (laughs) She probably does just think it's rancid. Tomatoes don't grow on bushes. That's probably not a tomato. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't seem to hurt in any way. It was just very sour and surprising to you. Yeah, and I'm going to like examine the inside of it and be like, that's not a tomato. (laughs) It almost looks like when you cut into a kiwi and you can see like the really small black seeds through Mm -hmm. the green. It's almost like that, but with like a translucent red. Okay, well, I'm still going to pocket a bunch of them. There are also vines that climb the trees just up to the understory, and they have these small red flower buds, which have yet to bloom, and similar red flowers dot the forest floor. You continue upwards as the path starts to increase in elevation up a nearby hill. As you appear over the crest of the hill, the path begins to widen in a clearing, and the canopy above spreads far enough to see far into the distance. Ahead of you lies the largest tree you have ever seen. Holy crap. It's like bigger than Disney World. Hundreds of times larger than the trees that surround you. It waves gloriously in the wind with bright pink magenta leaves all around its long-reaching branches. You can see that sits along a raised cliff of sorts that drops directly into the large sea that lies beyond it. Small white clouds move slowly in between you and this majestic tree, and other than that, you can just see these beautiful red maples spread all along the ground. 
This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Take a picture. Oh my god, take a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, a group photo though. Oscar selfie. Uh, yeah. You know what? I we got this. Uh, let's get let's get one of each. You know, just uh, I'm gonna take a beautiful picture of the tree alone. Then this picture of everyone. No, wrong order. Picture of everyone. Then the selfie. Then the picture of the tree alone. So you're you're setting up the camera to do a picture of everyone, and then you're gonna do a selfie with everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so roll your performance rolls in order, because I'm I'm curious to see which one comes out best. It's gonna be tough to beat this first one at 19, then seven for the selfie. That sucks. Aww. It's a selfie. It's harder. You got that big old camera. Well, no, that's the thing. He he probably used uh like one of your guys' phones to do the selfie, which is why it didn't come out as good. Like it's just not mm, high quality true. enough. It's just easier it's that like way. Just his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally for just the tree. I got a whopping three. So the first one is obviously the best. Gorgeous picture. All five of you are there. The tree in the background. You get a lot of these side in the bottom right left corners. You see all the like the beautiful red maples. There's like a really beautiful cloud on the one side in the upper left. What kind of pose is Frederick doing? <laughs> Blueberry, this is all you. He's kissing me on the cheek. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Adorable. Really, he's just like sniffing my cheek, but you know, good, close enough. But yeah, <laughs> but it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Xander. Yes. Namora, Namora, Namora. Not damn. Maybe, maybe the trick is to say it backwards. Uh, wait. P N E M. I'm excited for this. It's that's. Uh, oh no, my autocorrect changed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're typing it out. Yeah. All right. So, a Roman. Oh, that doesn't sound quite right. Uh, Xander. What? I thought you said it was Namora. It is. I was trying to think. Uh, whatever. Let's let's keep going. Uh, okay. Are you guys continuing down the path? Yeah. Quietly. Do we, yeah, do we hear the horn at all? No, it was a singular blow, probably two to three seconds, but it was just that one time. Okay. So this is actually really beautiful. You get to walk down this path, so you're like descending into the grove, as you can kind of just see this huge pinkish magenta tree. And so you get like this really beautiful view of it as you're going through. And a little further down the road, you start to see the path becomes well-maintained again. As you do, you see more of these tents, much like the one you slept in the night before. But this time they're occupied. Or at least they seem so. They don't seem degraded and broken. There's farmland behind most of these tents with crops actively growing in the fields. And as you're kind of walking through, you can see there are some people here. As we're walking, I want to turn to everybody and kind of whisper. So, guys, should we tell them everything about us that we're not from here? Or do we be honest? I know Yasora is supposed to help us, but I don't know about anyone else here. Well, you just saw how everybody reacted when we said we weren't from here. I think from now on, we should try to keep it a secret. Do we trust that information with Yasora? I think we need to try to blend in from here on out. I, all right, I'll give it a shot. Xander's going to have a hard time with that. Yeah, but you know what? Blueberry was speaking Italian with that lady before, so like maybe we should just let her take the lead on this. True, I forgot about that. Uh. <laughs> Blueberry, do you think you could try to tell them that we're friendly and we're just passing through? 
Yeah, if they're friendly. No one seems to be attacking us yet. If I lead the way and you come behind me, would you be okay with that? Yeah. Does that sound like a plan, guys? I'm okay with it. Let's hit it. All right, let's do it. All right, Jet, you are leading the way. Blueberry close behind. As you guys are walking through the outskirts of this village, the people around you are definitely taking notice of you. They're stopping what they're doing to look. And down the path a little bit, you see a large area that seems to have these trenches built around it. But this area has been completely burnt to the ground. Nothing currently is here other than ashes from the trees that once stood. And this is also just outside of the village. I want to try to like put my shield on my back and put my hammer aside just to show we're not threatening at all. You can make sure it's on your back. You can sheath your hammer. You probably have like a belt loop almost that the handle goes through so it can stay close to you, but it's not threatening. And as you kind of walk into this village, there's a clearing where there is scattered trees, but this is much less dense than the rest of the grove you have been in so far. There is a fenced-in graveyard to your right. Currently, an elderly elven woman stands in the graveyard. She seems to be projecting a spectral vision of a unicorn on its hind leg. Ahead of you lies an open-air market of sorts, where a circular area surrounds a large open pit in the center. This is quite busy right now. To your left is a large version of the tents you have seen before. Um, This one, however, is not teepee shaped like much of the other ones it's again made of this like heavy woven fabric but in this case it arcs to the center from both sides and is much longer it's almost like the hull of a boat like if you flipped it upside down and it's open on the two ends there are two entrances one on each side there are windows on the other two more like rounded sides and now you are incredibly close to this tree and from here you can see that there seems to be a path leading to it and you can see an entrance nestled between two of its roots do we want to go in the tree i don't know is that like a residence thing is that like their town hall i mean it seems pretty busy out here yeah it seems like the most welcoming area so far uh yo blueberry you should try like touching the tree you're like one one with nature right you talk to animals okay talk to plants yeah I- i'll touch the tree you're still pretty far from the tree but you guys are heading towards that <laughs> yeah heading towards the entrance yeah. yeah okay as you do so you are again seeing a lot of these from now that you're closer and surrounded by more people you can tell that they are all elves <gasps> that have this copper almost rugged brown skin for some of them many of them are wearing like basic woven fabrics that seem like reeds that were taken off of trees and stuff like that that were just woven into clothing the other thing you notice is pretty obvious is there's a lot of livestock here none of it's in pens they are all walking around blue bear are you 
as you walking towards this tree, there is a path that leads to it, and there is an entrance in between the two roots. Are you going to go up to one of the roots, or are you trying to go up to the entrance? I would just put a hand on the roots. You are able to move over to the root and place a hand on it. Close my eyes. It feels nice. Much like when you touched the trees from much earlier on and you kind of felt like this is just, this is right. This has that same feeling. And you're also feeling a warmth right in your heart. This is a very nice tree. Uh, well, yeah, we, we could kind of see that. Just look at those <laughs> look at those leaves. Beautiful. <laughs> at where my hand was, I'll leave behind a few little blue flowers. Oh, I like that. And you guys are... Are you heading towards the entrance? Yeah, let's go to the entrance. So you guys walk through the threshold of this large wooden doorway into a giant hollow tree trunk. This tree is easily hundreds of feet in diameter. This is all one room. It just goes straight up. It rises seemingly like forever above you. There is a spiral staircase that is held up by these giant wooden pillars that circle the entirety of this trunk as far as your eyes can see. In the center of the trunk, there is a set of long wooden benches surrounding a small circular table and a fire pit of sorts. The table currently holds a large piece of paper. There is a single woman sitting here, and you can see she keeps on standing up and like looking at the paper, and then she like goes to sit down, and she seems to be like thinking a lot. You are currently entering from the north. To the northwest and northeast, there are doorways that seem to lead to like these small constructed rooms that are built into like the larger roots that are coming from the main trunk, almost like they walled off like the inside of a root to be like a separate room. The west is a small patch of ground where more herbs and spices have been planted. The southwest has a bunch of barrels and boxes, and the southeast, there is a large root that you can see that seems to be sloping downward very quickly. Huh. This thing is enormous. It reminds me of that time I went to the Eiffel Tower. I swear I couldn't even see the top of it. And this is alive. Can I go over to that lady? (laughs) Does she look nice or perplexed (laughs) or confused? She was kind of pacing back and forth. She seems like she is thinking a lot. As you kind of come up to her, she's again an elf, this coppery skin. She's got long black hair. She pulls back into a tight braid. She actually looks up at you as you are moving towards her. She says, hello, outsiders. Hi, um, I'm so sorry to bug you. I don't know if you're in the middle of like writing anything. We're actually here. We have an appointment with Yasora. I was hoping you could point us in the right direction. Yasora. Oh, you you know her? Well, yes. Of course I do. Where did you come from? Uh, we were just up north at uh at Wooded Holly. We actually spoke with Joyce. She said she helped Yasora 
get back on her feet, you know, after she was captured. And she actually recommended we come talk to her. We have some business to work out with her. Most perplexing. And she's looking at you deep in each of your eyes. Does the magistrate know you are here? Um, I'm not too sure what that is. Really, the only ones who know we're here is Joyce, because she's the one who sent us here. Interesting. As she is kind of looking at you, there is another elven woman who walks in, and this woman you are speaking to says, Call a meeting. And she gives a nod and leaves this tree. The one you are speaking to says, My name is Narina. Hi, it's it's nice to meet you. I'm Sebastian, and this is Blueberry, and we have Jet and Xander. What up? And, uh, Blueberry, actually, uh, she's kind of like one of you guys, so... Oh yeah, she speaks Italian like you guys. And Druidic, I will say, I don't know why he calls this Italian. Yeah, like that. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you, Blueberry gives a nod, and says... In common, so you guys can all hear this. The council will speak of this. Please follow me. We have not had outsiders in quite some time. I'm sorry if we barged in on anything. We have never had problems with outsiders. The outsiders seem to have problems with us. So, be on your best behavior. Oh, we have no problems at all. We're here to have a good time and, and to learn <laughs> and to, to chat with you guys. You know, we, we just we want to be friends. I see. Please, follow me. And she begins leaving this giant tree and heading towards that longer building that looked like the overturned ship that you'd seen earlier, the largest of these buildings. As you are on your way, you hear the same horn much louder this time. Oh, God. There it is. Narina, what is that horn? It calls for a meeting of the council. Oh. Oh. Well, we, I mean, we heard it earlier while we were headed here. Is everything okay? This will be the second meeting for the day. Is the first one from an outsider like us, or? No, no. Okay. She continues walking, uh, and she brings you into this longhouse. It's rather plain. It is all made out of wood. Most of it is rotting away. There are balconies on the second floor that look down upon the center of this longhouse, where there are benches laid out in four directions coming off a central pit of fire, which is currently unlit. She walks to the center and sits down at one of the closest benches and says, Please sit. Uh, anywhere or somewhere in particular? In the front would be nicer, as we will be discussing. Okay. Uh, we sit. You guys kind of sit here in relative silence. Uh, Narina isn't talking much, and it takes a good ten minutes or so for all of the other council members to show up, as well as the areas around you fill in with some of the other members of the grove sitting in these benches that surround the fire pit. It looks like they kind of allow the other people to come here, and there are some, like, even up in the second floor balconies kind of looking down. Now that there are six 
of these elves sitting in the inner circle with you. Narina stands up. Again, I am Narina, and this is the council. She gestures towards them. You can see five other people here. There is a completely bald elf. They are tall and have a bit of a belly, and they are wrinkling from age. There's a younger elven woman. She has a Y-shaped flute hanging around her side. There is a larger, burly elven man. He is wearing leather that has seen much better days. There's a quiet woman who seems to be facing directly forward with this long silver hair. And there is a rather short elf that is very lean and muscular. You said you are looking for Ysora. Yes, we are. May I ask why? We were told she might be able to help us find our friend. You said you come from Wooded Holly, but you do not know of the Magistrate. Someone took our friend to the Magistrate. I don't know if we've actually met the real Magistrate. So you are not assisting them? No. She looks to the council members, looks back at you, and says, Speaker Yasora is on a journey. She should have been back days ago, but is currently not here. Where did she head off to? We cannot give you that information. Well, has anyone gone to look for her? We wish we could send assistance at this moment, but because of this problem, the grove is dying. Oh, shit. If the speaker is not here, all the council members must stay here. We all have a part to play. You don't have people outside the council you can send? Unfortunately, we need as much of the magic here we can get to make sure Amorpha stays alive. Well, you got your support squad right here. Look at the four of us. We're rip-rare and ready to go, you know? Let us help with you. Sorry, you just gotta let us know where she went, right? That is an idea. I got lots. We're always down to help, if especially if it... At least to gather intel. I, I don't know that yeah. we could, like, save her, if, if depending on what she's dealing with, but we could try to figure out what's going on. At least see what happened to her. What is your experience? Um... You don't seem like the adventuring type. I, I've gone on a lot of alien hunting raids, so, like, I got plenty of experience. You uh, know. I, I went on a road trip once to record my pop-punk EP out in Washington... Uh, one time I, I, I played a cop in a movie. <laughs> I don't know why that one got me for some reason. <laughs> See, that, that, that sounds like a lot of experience to me. It got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's a good score. And, and look at, look at Jet over here. Like, he's, he's just a big dude. I'm going to flex a little bit. You think anyone would mess with that? Huh. <sighs> I don't know if you are the right people for the job, but you may be all we have to work with right now. You can see she is starting to, like, scratch her head, pushing at her temples. I think we may not be able to leave, but we may be able to assist you in your journey. Oh? Yeah? 
How so? You. She points to you, Jet. What is your biggest strength? My strength? Yes. I'd have to say my persistence. This large, burly elven man, the one wearing leather, he stands up and immediately looks at you, Jet, points, and says, Ah, you're with me. Let's get to it. Uh, where, where is he going? Do you know him, Jet? No. No, I don't, but I, I don't want to make him mad. And he, he puts a hand out to you. The name's Ronan. Ronan. Jet. Gives you a nice, firm, strong handshake, and he starts leading you. Uh, okay. Jet, don't be out too late, please. I'll be back soon. And you? She gestures towards Sebastian. Uh, yeah. What is your biggest strength? Uh, oh god. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think I, you know, bring a sense of whimsy and happiness to my friends. Mm-hmm. And you can see that this younger elven woman, the one that has the flute hanging around her side, she stands up. She gives a small bow, and she plays a small few notes on her Y-shaped flute as she smiles and starts walking out the door. Oh, I take it I follow that. And she's... <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> that was a little creepy. <laughs> and she, she gives like a little smile as she turns around, kind of looks for you to see if you're following. Uh, well, uh, bye, guys. I'm going to go jam sesh. And you. She points to Xander. Your biggest strength. Uh, I'd probably say that I've got a good eye for reading people. And you can see no one stands up. Narina nods. She looks around a bit and says, um, Maybe you're still learning about your strengths. Um, Barumo, how about you? And they stand up. This is the completely bald elf um, with like that p- bit of a belly that is wrinkling from age. And they give you a nod. Hello. Oh, what's good, bro? And I hit him for a dab. <laughs> okay, okay. We we must do tests now, okay? All right, you lead the way, bro. They start walking out. And you, my dear. Blueberry, she lays out her hand for you. Yes? I will be working with you. Oh, okay. What, what are we all doing? Finding your strengths. Blueberry Narina takes you outside of the council chambers and heads towards the north. Not along the path you came in on, but into the beautiful crimson maples. She walks you for quite some time. You have to weave in and out of these trees and up around bushes. Narina is walking through the grove quickly. She is completely barefoot. It takes a bit of effort to keep up with her, but you soon arrive at a small opening in the forest. In the middle of this clearing, there is a statue built out of wood, rotting away in the shape of an eagle. She walks up to the statue, and she looks at you and says, Sit. Meditate with me. I sit. Visualize everything around you. Okay. And you can see she's closed her eyes. Close my eyes. 
and I just visualize everything that I saw before my eyes closed. She is silent for quite some time. You can feel when clouds start passing between you and the sun. And after a while, she says, Have you found it? Um, I don't think so. You can hear her standing up. What's, what's it? It is nature you love, is it not? Yes. And how most can you help what you love? I... taking care of it. Yes, we are a peaceful people. We try to enrich nature as well as we can to keep it alive. Yeah, same! But the grove does not always need enrichment. It sometimes needs someone who can rid what ails it. Yeah. Life and death are a balance. The grove is meant to die and be replaced, but in its own natural way. One of our jobs here is to make sure the grove dies in the right way, so that in the end, it may live. Are you guys dealing with diabolical oil companies too? (laughs) She gives you a very interesting look and says, we are dealing with problems you can make your own connections to those problems if you Okay, like. so we should, like, chain ourselves to the tree? Um, I don't think that would help. But I, I, I must ask you, have you found it? What is it? She gives a smile. Sometimes the best way to help what you love is to become what you love. Uh huh. Blueberry, you see Narina in front of you transforms into a beautiful black furred wolf. Oh my god. The wolf closes his eyes and sniffs the air. Oh my god, that's so cool. <sighs> wow. How'd you do that? The wolf walks up to you and gives you a nudge. Wait, you're not like a werewolf, right? Am I supposed to pet you? This is weird. You're like a lady. She's closing her eyes and sniffing the air and nudging you. Okay, um, I'll sniff the air. Sniff, sniff. She seems to be waiting for you. What? 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 Am I supposed to pet you? I just want a, a, a yes or a no, like shake your head or nod or nudge my hand. You get a no from that. Okay. Okay. No, okay. I won't pet you. That would be weird. Sorry. Um. Okay. I'm going to get on all fours like her and sniff the air. You can see that the wolf gets excited when you're doing so and gives you a nudge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Sniff, sniff. Bluebeard, you're feeling closer to nature than you've ever been. Okay, I want to feel the grass through my hands, and I want to just pretend like my hands are paws and see what it'd feel like to feel the grass through, like, jelly bean paws with claws and fluffy (laughs) feet. Bluebeard, you feel an animalistic sense in you. Wow. What would you like to turn into? 
the way. Uh, a white direwolf. You are able to grab the ground, this beautiful black-furred wolf next to you. You can feel your hands turning into paws. And all of a sudden you are covered in beautiful white fur. You are seeing in grayscale and you are hearing everything around you. You are now level two. <laughs> is 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 Frederick okay? Yeah, Frederick is on the ground next to you. It's <laughs> just chilling. He's not scared. Y- you can see he's starting to try to climb up onto your back. Oh, stop. It's so <laughs> cute. Yeah. I, go, I go down into little downward dog to let him climb up onto my neck. Yeah, yeah, he's able to get up at that point, and he kind of, like, stands on top of you. He's not quite comfortable enough to, like, lay down. I need art of this ASAP. <laughs> can, can she talk to him now that she's a direwolf? No. Oh. Next to you, Blueberry, you can see the black wolf sniffing the air. Sniff the air. Give me perception with advantage with your keen senses. Dirty 20. About 20 feet from you in the woods a little bit. You smell rot of some sort. I, I let out a, a little gentle in that direction. You can see that the black wolf nods and trots over. Follow. As you follow, you can see that the wolf comes over to it and turns back into Narina. I stay. (laughs) You stay? (laughs) She says, well done, child. I wag my tail. And at this point, you can see she says, sometimes being nature helps you protect nature. At this point, she starts teaching you how to remove this invasive species that was taking over this green deadly moss that's on like the bottom of one of these maple trees and she's showing you how to remove it sebastian let's jump over to you oh this woman who asked you to follow you do not know her name yet as she walks along the path she is lightly playing a few simple notes on her y-shaped flute those around her tend to bow as she walks by almost as like a silent sign of appreciation for her. She walks you to the market through a bunch of people and onto a small stand just off the side of the main thoroughfare here. Again, it's rather busy here as lots of people are around trading in the booths nearby. And then she stops playing. And when she stops playing, the people tend to walk by her with a smile, but no little bows. Uh, what's your name again? Uh, I'm Sebastian, and and you are? Jody. Jody. It's nice to meet you, Jody. You have, you really know how to play that thing, man. Yeah, yeah, do you like it? I do, it's... Have you ever played one before? Uh, not one of those things. I usually, uh, I usually play this guy, and then I bring Daisy around and, and strum a little bit. As you do, she says, oh, tell me about your, your music, and she gestures towards your guitar. What do you like to portray to the world? Well, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, if, if I'm feeling angsty and stuff, I usually write some stuff for my pop punk band. I don't know if you've heard of us. We're called Get Stoked. We're kind of a big deal, but like, I mean, you may not have heard of us. <laughs> um, 
play, play, play me something. Uh, like, wait, like right now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But there's so many people around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. And I'm gonna play an original Get Stoked song <laughs> called I'm Excited. If Only I Knew. If only I knew what the future had told If only I knew that my friends would grow cold From getting so close to the dreams that I seek I would've up and left and been gone in a week, yeah Uh, like, like that? <laughs> okay, first of all, I need a performance check to see how well you did Let's see <laughs> oh, oh no I love these Ah, seven. Oh, uh, lovely, lovely song Um. Uh, it's it's still in the works like it's i thought about putting it on like a demo or something but okay maybe i won't i don't know i i must say don't you want your music to radiate your strengths you want whimsy and happiness for your friends and to bring it to them whenever you can but you're singing about yourself what about them and what about them like in their times of need is is that the time to bring whimsy or is there something else you can bring them well, I mean, you, of all people, kind of know that music is about expression, and sometimes you have your own feelings and stuff that you got to get out to the world. I love helping my friends, and I'd love to do so whenever I can, and, you know, if you have any tips or anything on how I might be able to do that, I'd love to hear them. Your music is beautiful, and I'd love to know more. <sighs> There's much crisis here in the Grove. Sometimes all we must do is... Relax, so we can work with a clear head and feel better about our decisions and our physical capacities. And she begins to play a few more notes on her Paku. You resonate with it a bit more this time, Sebastian. More than you previously did. <gasps> you now have a D8 of Bardic Inspiration. Hype. And she stops and she says, I love your instrument. Would you, would you like to try something different? And she gestures to a large box behind her and opens it up. It has a couple guitar-shaped instruments that are a little bit different. A small instrument that is shaped almost like a harp, but it is small enough to hold. A singular drum, and another one of these Y-shaped flutes. Ooh. Try one of these. They may bring out something different in you, a different type of music. Uh, you know, I really only know how to play the guitar, but I'll try this little harp thing. It kind of reminds me of my mom. And the one she had back home. Go ahead. Give it a try. Something peaceful that can relax those around you in times of crisis. Uh, okay. Something, something peaceful. Um, okay. How about... We've got a long journey ahead. At least I know I'm safe when I rest my head. Because my friends will always be there And I'll do my best to do the same, I swear Exactly. As you are playing around with a few more notes, Sebastian, you feel more in tune with your music. You are now level two. <gasps> Yay! Xander, this tall, bald elf with a bit of a belly, they just said, okay, uh, we, we must do tests now. 
we we figure out what you are good at. I I know where to start. I do. They start taking you over to a field off the main area. There are some archery targets here, and they hand you a longbow. Uh, you you said good eye. Uh, very good eye mean good with bow. Go ahead. You you do. Uh, well. Uh, I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. This is the first time I've ever touched one of these. Um, yeah, no, no, go, go ahead. Okay. Um, what do I roll? You're gonna roll just dexterity with nothing else because you're not proficient in longbows. A nine. You don't even get close to the target. It, I mean, it's relatively close. It's way better than Xander probably expected he was gonna do. It's a good five feet away from the target completely. Hmm. That uh, did not work how I wanted to. Here, uh, use that sword of yours. And he points to the short sword you got off of Scud. Hit the target. And there is a training dummy nearby. Okay. Uh, what do I roll for this one? Probably just dexterity again. I don't think you're proficient in short swords. <laughs> I shouldn't be. I, I don't think you're proficient in any like melee weapons. So, good news. Uh, Ten. You're able to clink off of this thing. It's like, it's standing still. You better have made contact, but it didn't even chip the wood or anything. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, maybe uh, maybe the combat is not for you. Let us, let us think here. Hmm. And he runs to a nearby area where there are a bunch of bushes. After a moment, he comes back with three different berries that all look very similar to you. Here, here, choose, choose the one that is edible and take a bite. Oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> well, I rolled a 13, and I'm going to say I took the middle one. With a 13, they all look the same to you. Right. So my guess is is the middle. No, no, don't eat that one. Do not. No, no, no. And he grabs it from you. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, let me let me think here. Uh, do do you pray to a god? Uh, no, not really. Um, my parents were kind of religious, but that's just from like where we grew up. Mm, okay, Minnesota, okay. Michigan, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> maybe you're, maybe you are a scholar, ah? Ah, wait, wait here, wait here. And he runs off to a nearby building and comes back with a scroll of paper. Here, sit, sit. And he puts the scroll on the ground in front of you. Read this. Okay. <laughs> it's in Elvish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, you don't know what this says. Tight. Yo, can I, can I ask you something, my, my dude? Um, what is what is this machine you have? Oh yeah, that's actually what I was gonna bring up. So this this is my camera. Uh huh. This I use it to take pictures. You know, take pictures, videos. At one point, I kind of like made a dude like blow up with it, but I I was feeling like murderous intent or something. What does it do? Well, here let me let me let me show you. Here, stand. Uh, say cheese. Xander, as you open and you look through the camera, you can read the elvish. Oh shit. What? Yo, what? take a look at that, my sir. I can read Italian. That's crazy. <laughs> it looks as if it's in common to you. What? And as you're reading, it's it's instructions on how to bend timber for like a boat hole. It's how to bend timber for a boat hole. Dummies 101. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a title. Do you need me to build a boat, sir? Uh, uh, you read. You read. Oh yeah, so here, take take a look. Look through my camera real quick. See, now now like I look at it, there's nothing there. Uh, this is this is unnatural. I do not like. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Is is are you like Amish or something? You don't like to technology? Xander, have you put your camera down at all to show him? Uh, I mean, like I'm holding it and like trying to turn it towards him. Now that you have done so, you can read the Elvish without the camera. <laughs> what? Oh shit! What the? Hell? That's cool. Do you swap out the scrolls, Barumo? See the the Italian you roll the R. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, this is the scroll. But you are welcome. I am a miracle worker. <laughs> Good looks, bro. Uh, thanks for looking out. Um, what did we What did we learn here, Xander? It feels like your eyes have changed, and as you're looking around, there are signs on things that you can now read in Elvish. Oh my god! You can seem to see further and clearer into the distance. You're you're looking off into the trees way back. You wouldn't normally see like all the trees waving, but now you can see a little bit clearer. Xander, you are now level two. This place looks way nicer than a second ago, and I don't know what happened. Jet. You are with Ronan. Larger man who trains the fighters of the grove to be able to protect the grove if it is ever attacked. He takes you over to the same area Xander was just at with the archery targets, and takes you to a few practice dummies made out of driftwood. Go ahead. Strike. Anywhere, or at the head, or... Hammer. Hammer, okay. Hammer with one hand. Strike it. Go ahead, give me an attack roll. Oof. Eight. You're still able to hit it. Ugh, you're just bashing at the thing. Go ahead, again. Okay. Come on, Jeff. Pull my shield down and use two hands. Fifteen. Yeah, you're able to make a good chunk. This thing has like a fake head on it, and as you like go and swing at the head, it actually twists because it's like on a swivel. Uh, we'll need to make you stronger in more ways than just those muscles. Come here. And he starts taking you into Amorpha, which is the name of the tree that you guys were in earlier. And he takes you over to the staircase. Persistence, eh? Get going. Y- you want me to... You want me to run? Once you get to the first balcony, come back down. And he gestures towards the stairs that are going counterclockwise up and around. How how high is this? The whole thing or the first balcony? The first balcony. Couple hundred feet. <sighs> All right. Going up. Give me an athletics check. Just to see how fast you can do it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, that was a one. Oh, geez. oh you got a nat one. Got a nat oh one. my god. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you a long time. You're able to get up the the balcony's nothing super special. It's about 15 foot wide, 25 foot long, um and it just kind of looks down into the center. This whole excursion takes you about 25 minutes. You're huffing and puffing by the time you get to the bottom. Feeling well? <laughs> it Is that it? Again. Again? Again. Can I can I take my armor off at least? Will you have time to do that every time? <sighs> Fine. And I go again. Athletics with disadvantage. Twelve. Oh wait. Five. And with a five it takes you the same amount of time you actually have to take like a breather on the way up. Um it even takes you a little bit on the way down. It takes you like thirty minutes total. A nice hour of just going up and down the stairs. And you are huffing and puffing at the end. 
All right, let's go. Uh, again? No, no, no. Uh, up, out. Uh, thank you. And he walks out back towards the training dummy. Again, hit it. Two hands. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick up my my hammer. I'm gonna swing at it again. All right, go ahead. Eight. Uh, you're just whacking at it. What are you thinking about when you hit it? What do you think about while you're fighting? Right now I'm thinking about how tired I am. He comes up and he grabs your jaw to look at him in the eye. You need to think about what you're fighting for. Those you love, happiness, a a cause. You just need something to be fighting for. What is that going to be? I fight for the ones I love. I fight for my mom. Then think and take another swing. Give me an attack roll. 18. Jet, you come crashing down on this thing with your hammer. And with it comes a radiation of energy. You feel a slight warmth at the center of your chest coming from your necklace. A comfortable warmth as a crack of holy energy crashes as you smite this dummy into the ground and it topples over. Now that's something worth fighting for. And for today, that's a wrap. (laughs) We did it, boys. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Cast Party. If you want to continue getting access to our episodes of Behind the Scenes and The After Party, then head on over to patreon.com slash castparty to become a part of our cast and crew. At any tier you subscribe to, you'll get access to a Discord server and a chance to win our merch giveaway that happens at the end of each episode. Speaking of, this week's winner is Haley. Check your email, your spam box, your Patreon messages, all that, as we will be getting in touch with you to get your free merch item. Special thanks to all of our patrons and those who have left us awesome five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are still getting custom shoutouts, but only for a few more weeks. So get them in quickly. You can also visit our merch store over at cast-party.myshopify.com. And thank you all so, so much for listening, and we will see you in just two weeks for another episode of Cast Party. Bye! 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 Hello? Oh, yo, what up, dude? Oh, no, I didn't have service last night. Yeah, I was out in the desert again. I found a new crew to research with. Oh, damn, no way. You know Kabbalah L? Oh, yeah, they brought me out with Kenny and Fog Dishhead. I-, I wish I wore different shoes, though. Like, I wore my Yentl as Mental Fours, which are probably the best desert shoe, not gonna lie. But I scuffed up my favorite colorway, so I gotta get a new pair. Can you send me Roger's number? I think he can hook me up. Dope. Thanks, bro. Talk to you later. Good afternoon, my little berries! I'm finally relaxing and hanging poolside with Ravenpuff101 for the night. We just got done volunteering at Shelter Slam all day with Rocking Roger. 
where we helped find forever homes for all sorts of loving furry friends. Eric and his family catered the entire event, and we had so many incredible supporters there. Huge shout out to Morty and Allison's Wonderland, who personally helped home 10 animals. I wanted to hop on here and thank Leafless Cactus for setting up the event. I hope we can continue it next year. Have an awesome night, everyone. Listen, listen, there's no reason you shouldn't sign Get Stoked to your record label. I mean, we've got Cato DeVille managing the band now, and he's just taking the band to a whole new level. Ricky is backing us as our tour manager, and we can always count on Bree to sling some merch at our shows. Like, I swear she sells out of our inventory so dang quick. She's too good, man. We've even got For the Liz Win on drums now, and she's absolutely slaying it. We've got big things coming, man. And I mean big. So what do you say, Mike? Why don't you help us help you? Eh?